1: Years ago in Philadelphia, the 56 signers of our Declaration of Independence pledged their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor to boldly proclaim this eternal truth that we are all made equal by God.
2: The day before, Mr. Trump addressed the nation from Mount Rushmore, complete with fireworks. The U.S. has dipped under 50,000 new daily infections for the first time in four days, according to a tally of coronavirus infections by Johns Hopkins University. This is SRN News.
0: Dr. Sebastian Gorka knows which candidate is looking out for you. Which side
2: do you think really cares for you? Is it Donald Trump who sacrificed all for four years? Not even picking up a paycheck? Or is it Nancy and Chuck Schumer and Sleepy Creepy
0: America First with Dr. Sebastian Gorka. Afternoons at 2 on AM 1280, The Patriot, Intelligent Radio.
3: With an abundance of misinformation being spread online, we're doing everything we can to keep you informed and up to date. Right now, if you go to the homepage at AM 1280thepatriot.com, you can see the latest updates surrounding COVID 19. Just go to our website and click on COVID 19 updates and resources. Just past 1 o'clock on the Sunday afternoon here in the Twin Cities, let's take a look at your forecast from the Homestead Road Weather Center. Sunny skies today and a high of 91. And we got hour one Brad Carlson show of the Narn starting right now.
0: The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management.
1: Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network and go launch sequence engineering go flight master control go flight studio engineer go flight we are go for launch in t-minus three two one
4: we have liftoff
0: the northern alliance radio network is on the air live and local from the am 1280 the patriot studios in egan here is the closer brad carlson
5: Hey, I'm 12.8 at the Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another edition of the broadcast we like to call The Closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning into our show. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we are here to take your phone call to 651-289-4488. If you'd like to reach out to us via Twitter, feel free to do so. That's hashtag NarnShow. Hashtag N-A-R-N show. Hashtag Narn show for any comments or questions. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in. And what has been a staple since literally day one, June 4th, 2011 to be exact, when I did my first solo show on AM 1280 The Patriot, Huey Lewis in the News has always kicked off our program with Hip To Be Square. And you will notice, uh, I'll give you a fair warning, Every subsequent bumper tune will be from Huey Lewis in the News. Uh, Jason, you probably noticed that and are probably scratching your head, what in the heck is going on? Because uh, it diverts from my normal format, of which nobody has figured out yet, except for Jason and our operations manager, Lee <laughs> Michaels. But uh, yeah, Huey Lewis in the News will be uh, every bumper tune. Today is the man's 70th birthday. So congr- uh, congratulations, Huey Lewis in the News, for. I guess making it to 70? <laughs> I don't know why I'm congratulating, but uh Huey Lewis in the News is my musical idol. Uh ever since I got a mixed album. It was called uh The Hits, and it was all the big songs from nineteen eighty two, which included Song from the Police, Thirty Eight Special, Tommy Two Tone, Billy Squire, Ario Speedwagon, and Huey Lewis in the News. And the Huey Lewis in the News tune on there was Do You Believe in Love? And I love the song so much, I became a huge fan ever since then, and I still have all of Huey's first six albums, plus the Back to the Future soundtrack on cassette. True story. So if you go to my Twitter at Brad underscore Carlson, I did post a photo of all of the cassettes I still have. Jason, do you even know what a cassette is?
3: I know what a cassette is, Brad, but honestly, I don't even know if I used one in my life. I'm pretty sure I did when I was younger, but by, by the time I started listening to music, CDs were a thing. Oh, of course, of course. Um, uh, yeah, the
5: CD started to come around the early nineties and you, that was just before you were born. You were born sometime in the mid nineties, if I remember 94, right. So, yep. 94. Yeah. So there you go. I still have the cassettes and I still have a cassette player. So I, I may just for old time's sake play them. I don't have a bucket list, hmm. but if I did meeting Huey Lewis in person would be easily in my top five. I mean, throughout my high school and college years, my room was a shrine wow. to Huey Lewis some might have called it a creepy obsession. You say tomato, <laughs> I say tomato. I was a huge fan. I really was. And I've been to multiple concerts of his, and I'm really? glad I w- have been because his career is kind of up in the air with the Meniere's disease, which is an ailment that affects the hearing, and he can't hear pitch, can't hear music. And sometimes he goes completely deaf. So that is not conducive to playing a concert, I would, su- I would suffice to say. So, so when's the last uh-oh. time
3: you saw him live, though?
5: It would have been uh, the summer of 2013, and I know that because it was the 30th anniversary of the release of their biggest selling album, Sports, Hmm. and he played, the band played every single tune on that album, Sports, and I loved it, and they played a few other new tunes and some old ones as well, so uh, yeah, I can't even count how many concerts of series I've been to, been a lot. And have you been been to
3: any others outside the Twin Cities, like have you followed them around ever? No, never have,
5: actually. Okay. He's, got, he's come here enough to, um, you know, he back in 1987 he played at the old St. Paul Civic Center, which is now the XL Energy Center. Uh, so he had big venues like that, and he played at the Minnesota State Fair, which is, a, you know, in 1991 where I attended. And it was, eh, it's a medium venue. And ever since then, probably since the late 90s to early two, and, and forward, it's been like casino-type venues, which he still sells out. Sure. And still does very well and still puts on a great show. Um, at least he did, until now uh, he's uh, without his hearing. So yeah. it's, he, and when did he, and, he get and, and
3: diagnosed for it? Uh, has he not been on tour for a while now?
5: Yeah, it's been about four or five
3: years. Okay. They were in the middle of
5: compiling their most recent album called Weather, and they only got about seven tunes done because, you know, in the middle of it he lost his hearing. He couldn't wow. hear pitch, he couldn't uh. hear music, so they had to stop at seven. So, you know, it's still Huey Lewis and the News, which means it's still phenomenal, but but like a bass. he He's described it as when someone plays a bass, boom. Boom, 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 boom. It sounds like,
3: <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, that yeah, probably wouldn't work. No, not good at all.
5: <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's, it's um, again, I still follow Huey on every social media platform. I even follow his kids on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, I'm one of those people. I, I, you know, I'm sorry, I'm one of those people. Yeah, right. Uh, and I even, um, I, I, I figured out where his his ranch is in Montana. I haven't <laughs> gone there, but I figured it out. Yeah, I'm one of those people. I'm sorry, I'm one of those people. I'm not. It's not like I'm going to
3: show up on his doorstep. Or no, something. you're not going to be that not, guy. You'll maybe, just find out where no, he lives.
5: Yeah, no. no, I've I've read a lot of articles where a lot of people have gone out to his Montana ranch to interview him, and some of the you know scenery and whatnot that they've given away. It's like I know where that is. Huh. So uh, okay. yeah. but uh, no, that's way too creepy. That's beyond <laughs> the tail. I would never do that because if if that if I give off that kind of vibe. I'll ne- he'll never want to meet me in person. And I'm just trying to. So I tagged him on Twitter and Instagram, wishing him a happy birthday, hoping somehow, some way, says, Hey, this middle aged guy says meeting you is on his bucket <laughs> list. Any chance you can throw a dog a bone here? You know, so. how did I get into this? Oh, yeah, Huey's 70th birthday. So there you have it. Well, I do want to get to the uh, topic at hand, the first couple segments here. And I want to hear from you, the listeners. Well, I always want to hear from you, the listeners, but I want to hear from you on this particular issue, and it has to do with wearing face masks amid the COVID-19 pandemic. And what I have noticed is how, like pretty much anything in this country today, how inherently political this has become. The latest uh, message, the latest uh, kind of guidelines that the Center for Disease Control has set is that they recommend that people wear cloth face coverings in public settings and when around people who don't live in your household, especially when other social distancing measures are difficult to maintain. Uh, Cloth face coverings may help prevent people who have COVID-19 from spreading the virus to others. Cloth face coverings are most likely to to reduce the spread of COVID-19 when they are widely used by people in public settings. And cloth face coverings should not be worn by children under the age of two or anyone who has trouble breathing is unconscious, incapacitated, or otherwise unable to remove the mask without assistance. So my philosophy has always been, since this became a pandemic and I we had a directive from my the company where I work, you know, my day job, that, hey, we'd like everybody to work from home. You can work from home, still be productive. And if you have to come in once a week, that's fine. Just be sure to maintain the social distancing, because my company was considered essential by the the federal government, so we remained open, but they preferred to thin out our corporate office and have everybody work at home. But again, if you have to come in, you know, again, maintain the social distancing, and if you can't, please wear a face mask. So I, from day one, have been in the habit of when I have gone out in public places outside of my home, I wear a face mask. And my mother lives in an apartment building where it's predominantly elderly people living. And my mother is 78 years old and has some underlying health conditions. So for me, from day one, it's been a no-brainer. I wear a face mask. And yeah, at first, it was hard to get used to because I'm just not used to something covering up my nose and mouth. I get that. But eventually, I, I came to realize, look, this is kind of the new normal for however long, who's to say, but this is how it has to happen. And I understand that there have been some governors in certain states that have handed down mandatory face coverings. I think uh, California has California started that. I know Texas because they've had a spike in cases and we'll talk to Matt Makoviak, our political wonk who lives in Texas uh, next hour. We'll ask him specifically about this, but governor Greg Abbott of Texas, I believe has issued a mandatory face mask uh, order for the state of Texas because of their increase in cases. But I I'd like you know, is this, a, is this an issue for you all? Do you not wear one because you think it doesn't do any good? Do you not wear it because you don't like the big bad government telling us what to do, handing down a mandate? Or, or do you not wear it just because you're uncomfortable? Or do you not wear one just because you don't go out in public? I, I can understand if you don't go out in public. That's one thing. But what I am noticing is with these latest CDC guidelines, which I just read, which were released literally within the past week, Uh, These are these are recommendations that they're handing down. And with the alarming increase in covid cases. Recently, uh, there's the feeling that a lot of states are going to go with mandatory wearing of face masks in public, including here in Minnesota. There's a lot of speculation. that Governor Tim Walz is going to issue a directive. Say, hey, when you go out in public and you can't social distance, you got to wear a face mask when you go into any public places. So my thing is, I've I've always, I haven't had an issue with it. And I noticed that it seemed politicized, you know, more, uh, obviously because leftists, everything leftists do, they want to be on the other side of Trump and because Trump doesn't give it the seriousness that, in my opinion, I believe it deserves. A lot of leftists will wear it just because they want to, you know, stick it to Trump saying he's anti-science. You know, the people who say that there are more than two genders and... It's okay to kill a baby nine months in the womb. Uh, They cite science for their rationale. Uh, But I've noticed that some more prominent Republican politicos have come out and are advocating for it. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. I will read a tweet he put out this past week. We have no stigma, none, about wearing masks when we leave our homes and come near other people. Wearing simple face coverings is not about protecting ourselves. It is about protecting everyone we encounter. And that was my motivation from day one. My mother, again, 78 years old has some underlying health conditions. I'm not going to say specifically doesn't matter, but the point is elderly people. My mother's going to kill me for calling her elderly, but sorry, ma, the 78 years old. That's what they can. That's what they call elderly. Uh, they're more susceptible to getting this. And if they do get it, it wreaks havoc. And, Cause a could cause death and my God, I couldn't live with myself if I thought for a millisecond I may have passed something on to my mother because I, when I get an illness, any kind of illness, I typically am over it pretty quickly. I've been blessed with incredible health over my entire life. You know, I occasionally get a cold. Uh, I may have gotten the flu maybe once or twice in my life back when I was a kid. Uh, things like that. If, um, you know, like when I had my um, three years ago when I had uh, my gallbladder, uh, my, my gallbladder gave out on me and they I had to have it removed. I was 100 percent within two weeks. Now, a lot of that's more because of medical technology. They basically poke three holes in me and take it out laparoscopically. It's really incredible what medical technology does these days. But within two weeks, I was back to doing everything as normal, you know, so I've been overall blessed with good health. So my point is, if I were to get COVID, I could very easily be asymptomatic, not experience any symptoms whatsoever. And so if I go by that and just walk around and say, well, I feel fine. I know I don't have it. So why should I wear a face mask? I'm not going to spread it because I don't have it. Well, if I'm asymptomatic, okay, I don't know if I have it or not. But guess what? If I'm go visit my mother and within six feet of her, guess what? She could easily, I could easily infect her with this. And I couldn't live with myself if I did that. So for me, it's a no-brainer. Another one, former Minnesota Governor Tim Pawlenty, just a few days ago, wearing masks indoors or close quarters clearly helps prevent virus spread. And this is following up with the CDC said. Freedom without responsibility doesn't last. In our sadly divided country, let's at least show we care enough about each other to wear our masks in crowded places. And you see, that's another thing if the, when the CDC comes out and says that quaff face coverings may help prevent people who have COVID-19 from spreading the virus to others, if you have people walking out and about with underlying health conditions and they see you not wearing a mask, how do they know whether you have it or not? And so you're causing unnecessary fear and concern in others. And again, this may sound like an anti-conservative, anti-libertarian position, but it really isn't. Because I'm not, I'm not for mandating that people do anything. But therein lies the point. If enough people are taking the onus on themselves to do this and take whatever precaution necessary to protect themselves, uh, more importantly, protect others, that, that's, that's huge. That's part of having the
3: freedom, but it means exercising a tremendous amount of responsibility. Hey, Brad, let me ask you a question just really quick yeah, before go ahead. we go to break. Um, and obviously, I feel the same way about this. For me, this is more of a public health issue than it is a political issue. So and yes, you may have stated be. this on this program before, but where and how do you think wearing a face mask got, face mask got so politicized from the very beginning?
5: Uh, where it initially stemmed from, I, I, I guess I don't know. I mean, uh, I guess people maybe didn't want to believe it. People were buying into it. Uh, it's just like the, you know, it's about like the flu, you know, the same number of people get the flu in a year, and this is no worse than the bad flu season. But what people aren't considering is how contagious it is. Mm-hmm. It's more contagious than the flu. And the key distinction, there's a flu vaccine, right? <laughs> right. I get one every
3: year. And treatments for it as well. I get flu every year.
5: I got in the habit of it because my mother-in-law lived with us for 10 years, and she had some bad health condition underlying health conditions. So- even then, I was cognizant of, hey, it's not about me; it's about with whom I'm coming in contact. But specifically, uh, it's I think a lot of it has to do with the president because he is up there had his COVID nineteen briefings every day for several weeks until he just quit doing them. But no one up there at the, his podium was wearing a face mask. Nope. No one was, you know, social distancing, and he wasn't. He was, and he's constantly being tested as is his vice president. And because they didn't get it, you know, a lot of people who worship at the altar of Trump look at that and say, wow, you know, the president is 74, 73, 74 years old and he's not getting it. And he doesn't, doesn't isn't exactly the picture of health. So I guess we're OK, you know, and you, you, you kind of cherry pick what you want. So specifically where it initially started, I couldn't say, but if sure. I had to guess, yeah, I'd have to say a lot of it is, is because of the president. <laughs> and and wh- let's be honest, yeah. a lot of the things the president does and
3: says It's very polarizing. And let me ask you one more question. Do you think Trump will ever wear one in public?
5: Yeah, I don't know. Um, That's a good question. I know Sean Hannity, you know Fox News, one of the bigger Trump stooges there is out there, he flat out said, hey, you know what? Wearing masks works. They work. And it's almost like some of these Republicans, Senate Majority Leader McConnell and then Sean Hannity, Fox News host, it's almost like they're saying, Mr. President, If you just for optics wear a mask, how much that could galvanize a lot of skeptical voters, voters who may have voted for you in 2016, but because they don't see you taking this COVID thing seriously, and it is serious, they're going to be hesitant to do so this time around. So it's almost as if they're trying to goad him into doing it. Um, Ultimately, I don't think Trump ever will uh, just because that's who he is. Uh, But, you know, and again, it shouldn't be political. But if he did, that would go a long way to galvanizing some uh, skeptical supporters. We went way over time with this. Let's take a break. We'll come back and uh, try to wrap this up. And if anybody would like to weigh in, feel free, 651-289-4488. That is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow, hashtag NARNShow. Happy 70th birthday, Huey Lewis. All Huey Lewis bumper tunes today on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go nowhere.
0: Limitless access to intelligent talk. Stream AM 1280 the Patriot with our free app, your smart speaker, or with iHeart. Tune in and radio.com. We live in the Twin Cities, but serve worldwide.
2: Relief Factor, effective pain relief that really, really works. How do I know that I don't have a script? I don't have talking points. I live it. I've been taking it for a year and a half. I had a lower back pain issue that had been plaguing me for nine years, almost a decade. I took Relief Factor for two weeks. Yes, two weeks, and my pain was gone, and it's still gone. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. Don't take my word for it. See their incredible video testimonials at relieffactor.com.
4: as the will of the students goes so goes the will of the nation this is a central theme in the new movie return to the hiding place the film about Corey ten boom and her secret army of teenagers heroic efforts to hide and save jews from the nazis during world war ii Corey's story was made famous by her book an original movie produced by the billy graham association now 45 years later comes return to the hiding place the untold behind-the-scenes true story of Corey's secret army of student-teenagers' efforts to rescue Jewish people. Told by Hans Poley, one of Corey's teens of the resistance, Return to the Hiding Place is an action-packed film of the Dutch underground's true, breathtaking rescue of an entire orphanage of Jewish children. Return to the Hiding Place, starring John Reese davis Watch this captivating movie tonight with your older children at SalemNow.com and save 20% with promo code MINNEAPOLIS. Return to the Hiding Place at SalemNow.com. Promo code MINNEAPOLIS. Due to historical content, might not be suitable for younger audiences.
2: Napa know-how. Right now, get five quarts of Napa full synthetic motor oil plus a platinum oil filter for just $22.98. Why does synthetic motor oil give your engine superior lubrication and protection? Because science. That's why. Pick up five quarts of Napa full synthetic plus a platinum oil filter for just $22.98. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how.
6: Napa know-how
2: general state's pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 731.20.
4: Send free e-cards from the largest online Christian greeting card site, crosscards.com. Find thousands of cards for every occasion, birthdays, holidays, anniversaries, or just to let someone know you care. Brighten someone's day by sending an e-card from crosscards.com. Welcome
5: back to Employment Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning in. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter. Hashtag Narnshow, hashtag NARNshow for any comments or questions. Continuing with our uh, discussion, should we or should we not? Wear cloth face masks in public amid this COVID nineteen pandemic. I think it's an old brainer. Yeah, you absolutely should. And again, I've had this mindset from day one um, because I I try to go visit my mother as much as I can. And when I do, uh, I'm not only in, obviously in contact with her, who has underlying health conditions, but she lives in an apartment building where there are a lot of elderly people walking around. And so they're they're too. They too are obviously very susceptible. But, you know, Jason, you brought up a great point. Uh, You know, how did this first start getting political? I I laid it at the feet of the president at first, but he's not the only one. And it is the, uh, I forget which group of doctors, but a bunch of public health officials came out. Uh, Remember they called themselves uh, White Coats for Black Lives? Because in the aftermath of the George Floyd death and then the subsequent protests, These officials and other public health officials came out and said, well, you know what? Um, uh, Systemic racism, it's not only a social social issue, it's a public health issue. So we should give a pass to these protesters who are going to go out and protest social justice and systemic racism and all all that sort of thing. So you spent two, three months, these public health officials spent two or three months saying, Bars and restaurants have to shut down, save for curbside service or to-go orders. And certain businesses, non-essential businesses, have to shut down, putting people's livelihoods in peril and putting an incredible further strain on our economy because, number one, there's no economic activity. And secondly, uh, the federal government, because they shut down businesses, they have to you know, pay unemployment benefits in, in the way of a uh, stimulus package for you know, people who are out of work that sort of thing. You'd spent 3 months saying the this is this is what has to be done and then in a millisecond turn around and say, "Well, you know, yeah, there's people protesting and they're they're squashed together and not all of them and certainly there's no social distancing going on and not all of them are wearing face masks, but you know what? Systemic racism is a is a public health issue too. So we have to, to give that into consideration. And I was very angry about that, and that was probably one of my more uh, loud, red-faced rants I've ever had on this show when I brought that up, that you have just basically lost all your credibility, where if there's an inevitable spike in COVID cases, government coming out and handing down mandates to do this or that and maybe scaling back businesses once more, that's not going to go over well. And here we are. Here we are. We're hearing, and you notice how we're only hearing the states governed by red state governors, Florida, Georgia, Texas, Arizona, that are having the big spike in COVID cases. Why isn't it we're hearing more about Los Angeles and California, or excuse me, um, New York and California? Why aren't we hearing more about the spike in cases there? Especially since New York City was the was the hot spot for COVID, and where that was the one area that came closest to overwhelming their health system. Remember, that was an early chanting point, and it was legit, by the way, early on, where they said, "You know what? We need to uh, we we need to flatten the curve. Sixty to seventy percent of Americans will probably get COVID, but they can't get it. We can't get it all at once because we're going to overwhelm the health system. So, hence, shelter in place." To prevent a, a quicker spread. And that was a very reasonable approach. And I would argue it had some merit. And I would also argue probably had some effectiveness. But New York City was the one area that really got hit hard. And it was because of that silly nursing home policy where, well, we want to keep ho- as many hospital beds as free as possible so these less severe COVID cases. Uh, we'll we'll uh, put them in nursing homes. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Put them in nursing homes. Yeah, that's not a good idea. Okay? And it was happening here, too. 80% of the deaths, I think there's, what, been 1,500 deaths in Minnesota? 80%, 75 to 80% have been in long-term care facilities because of the same policy? Because we're going to put COVID-infected people in nursing homes? That's that That's borderline criminal how that was handled. And now, Eric Garcetti... Los Angeles mayor is kind of like, eh, you know what? (sighs) On second thought, yeah, those protests where everybody was squashed together and not everyone was wearing masks, yeah, that probably had a little to do with the spike in COVID cases. Yeah, yeah, you're right, Mayor Garcetti, just a little bit. But yet, all we hear is, well, these governor, Governor Kemp in Georgia and Governor DeSantis in Florida and Governor Abbott, in Texas and Governor Ducey in Arizona were very careless just open up the economy and let people go do what they wanted to do and it it's uh, that's what's most responsible for this increase in cases. Well what these governors also said They gave attached caveats to allowing businesses to reopen. They said, hey, these are specific protocols you businesses have to follow in order to be open and to stay open. So the onus is on you, the citizens of Florida, Georgia, Texas, and Arizona. The onus is on you. If you want these to stay open longer term, you have to exercise the proper protocols. Shelter in place if you need to. But if you have to go out, keep the social distancing. Wear the face mask. Has that happened? The increased in number of cases indicates maybe it hasn't. But the mandatory uh, face mask wearing after this debacle with we're going to allow protests to take place even though there's no social distancing, people are pretty much done listening to government orders. I think that's pretty clear. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. Brad Carlson, the closer, celebrating Huey Lewis's 70th birthday with all Huey Lewis bumper tunes right here on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go nowhere
0: at a quarter to three. Ace is the place with the
7: helpful hardware, folks. Summer's here, and it's time to get grilling. So let our Ace Grilling experts help you choose the right grill for your family from the best brands like Big Green Egg Charcoal Grills, Traeger Wood Pellet Grills, and Weber Gas Grills. And since our stores are locally owned and we're committed to helping our neighbors, we'll also assemble and deliver your grill for free. Around the block, what you need in stock with people who know their grills. Offer valid for Ace Rewards members through July 13th on Grills and Accessories $3.99 and up. See participating stores for scheduling or exclusions.
8: Being a teenager is tough.
7: There's
4: the constant pressure to be liked,
8: endless worrying about college,
4: cyberbullying, high expectations,
8: all the negativity. There's no question. Being a teenager is tough. And what do Minnesota's teens do when they want to block out the noise and clear their heads? We (laughs) play! Research shows that teenagers who participate in high school sports have lower stress levels, more confidence, and greater self-esteem. And then there's the biggest benefit of all. High school sports are fun. Not just fun. They're a lot of fun. (laughs) 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 Encourage your teenagers to participate in a sport or activity when they go to high school. They'll stress less and smile more. And they'll be laying the foundation for a happier, healthier future.
6: This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association.
8: Does your office need a little TLC? Do you notice your bathrooms are a bit smelly? Are the surfaces in your break room a little sticky? And isn't that the same coffee spill on the floor and chili splatter in the microwave from weeks ago? If so, I've got the solution. Hi, I'm Tasha, owner of Forever Cleaning. We're family-owned and offer affordable, reliable office cleaning all over the Twin Cities metro area. So if your office is screaming for help, call me today. Let's get you scheduled for your free walkthrough so you can receive your free quote at 763-807-9817. If you mention this ad, you will receive 15% off your first month of service. Again, call 763-807-9817. Or you can visit my website at forevercleaning.com. That's the number four, EVRCleaning.com. Remember, forever cleaning is so thorough, you'll wonder if your mom snuck in overnight and cleaned.
6: legendary service install and repair we'll fix anything with legendary care
7: at paul Bunyan plumbing and drains there's no plumbing drain or sewer problem too big or too small we do it all to show thanks we're offering 54 dollars off any plumbing repair we'll serve you the way you want to be served and you can trust we'll be on time every time mention lumberjack to get this legendary deal we stand by our work and our people paul Bunyan plumbing and drains legendary service legendary care
5: Welcome back. AM 1280, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning in. New York, New York. Is 651-289-4488 is, is the number to call. You know, have us a way invite Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. Hashtag NARNShow for any comments or questions. As always, we appreciate you tuning in. Going to take a little turn in show content. Going to talk about a uh, critical Supreme Court decision that was handed down uh, this past week. Uh, the Supreme Court on Monday ruled that a Louisiana law requiring that individuals who perform abortions at clinics have admitting privileges in a nearby hospital. Well, that was declared unconstitutional by the Supreme Court, citing that it places an undue burden on women women. Seeking abortions. Uh, joining us uh, to discuss this a little bit further and to dig into it is Sarah Qualley. She is the president of edu- education at Personhood. Check out their fine organization's website, personhood.org. Uh, Sarah also had a few things to say uh, about this uh, particular ruling and about the uh, process of abortion in and of itself and how uh, maybe pro life folks are kind of putting the wrong emphasis on our uh, pro life advoca- advocacy. Uh, first of all, Sarah Qualley, thank you so much for joining us on this uh, holiday weekend. How are you today?
9: Thanks, Brad. I'm wonderful. I hope you had a good fourth yesterday.
5: I really did. Thank you so much, and uh, hope uh, you and your family did as well. Uh, Sarah, I want to, I guess, get right into this uh, particular Supreme Court case while you, while we have you on this sure. segment. As I indicated, this was a Louisiana law uh, requiring individuals who perform abortions uh, to have admitting privileges, and one of the things that was cited is, and I remember this too. Four years ago, a Texas law basically had the same word for word in law in place, and that too was thrown out by the Supreme Court. Uh, I guess my my thought process, and probably yours as well, as a pro life person, is: okay, those would have been allowed to stand. This would have basically been a lot of pro abortions, uh, pro abortion people's indication that, hey, this is what we're going for, safe and rare, that if an abortion does take place, hey, they can admit the young lady right to a hospital. But you made a contention, Sarah, I know, in reacting to this particular case, that uh, the process of abortion is still taking place, and someone could argue, maybe even more solidified. Is that correct?
9: Yeah, I think that when we kind of put all of our eggs in the Supreme Court basket, so to speak, I think we distract, we get really distracted from our mission. Our mission is to end the killing of preborn children and to mm-hmm. protect them equally under the law without exception. I think the pro-life movement has really been uh, unified on that for the last 50 years. What's happened, though, is our strategies have, have kind of fractured and gone down different paths. And there have been splits in the movement, those that want to incrementally kind of chip away at abortion things like admitting privileges, laws, informed sure. consent, all of these things that sort of you know nibble around the edges of it, whereas the other side of the pro-life movement says, you know what, it, we understand that abortion is not going to end overnight, but in this quest to end it, we can't sacrifice human lives. And what's happened with incrementalism as we've moved forward over the last 47, almost 50 years, is that we are sacrificing human lives, we're leaving a whole lot of babies behind when we when we focus so intently on incremental approaches to abortion
5: now, I certainly don't want to speak for you know folks who listen to my show or you know other evangelical Christians who were very hesitant to to vote uh for President Trump, but I know one of the things that they did cite was that the president has indicated that he would uh, appoint uh judges who would be. Uh, very pro life and right. rule on the on the right side of Roe v. Wade, which you know justices Gorsuch and Kavanaugh, who he has appointed, were on the right side of this. It's just unfortunately Justice Roberts chose to go with a different approach, saying, "Look, this is something we ruled on before, and as precedents, we need to kind of rule right. the same way." So from from that particular uh, standpoint, uh, you know, do you, do you think that? Uh, that should still be a point of importance this next coming election where the Supreme Court is, or, or are you saying that we should, you know, maybe just try to bring it back to, to the uh, completely getting rid of this heinous act because the incrementalism, as you indicated, um, doesn't seem to be working in our favor, Seroqua. Right.
9: Right. You know, it's interesting. In the last 38 abortion cases that the Supreme Court has decided since 1973, since Roe, 75% mm-hmm of the votes to reaffirm Roe were from Republican judicial appointees. But we're still making that argument, right? That if we can just get enough conservative justices on the court, then maybe we can overturn Roe. And and my response to that is the only viable Supreme Court strategy we should have if we entertain one at all is to challenge Roe at its very core. And that is the denial of the personhood of the preborn human being. And we have to do so without exception for any group of human beings without compromise. So if we are going to really focus on the Supreme Court, then we need to unify on this idea that we can bring personhood to the Supreme Court if that is indeed our strategy to overturn Roe. Because there are laws now that are starting to come forward um, that are trying to push personhood. There are several states. I know Personhood Alliance, we have several several of our affiliates are working at the state level in hopes that if we are going to focus on a federal level, we don't normally in the of alliance. We focus on state and local levels where the power is. Um, sure. But if we're going to focus on the federal level at all, we want to bring personhood forward, a pure case, because the central the central holding of Roe is that preborn human beings are not persons. And that was how they were able to legalize the abortionist performing abortions. So it, it really is very important for us to remember the core of our fight. And I think that, you know, cases like June medical that we just saw the 37 others that have affirmed abortion after row, all of these strategies, the legislative strategies that chip away at abortion, um, you know, admitting privileges, obviously health code regulations, procedure bans, pain capable laws, all of these, I think, again, they're a distraction because these restrictions and regulations are ignored by abortionists and ignored by state health departments and the way that these laws are written in our country, it actually further embeds abortion into our laws. And when they're challenged in the courts, they actually further embed abortion into legal precedent, which is what, you know, Roberts was reacting to. Yes, we have this precedent. We decided this in Hellerstedt, let's keep it going. Well, that precedent is there because of this chip away strategy.
5: So, so what I hear you saying then, Sarah, is that, you know, because there have been a good number of States that have passed these um, you know, the, the, the pain act specifically, which I believe is uh, they they indicated at 20 weeks. And I think the heartbeat bills certainly a lot earlier than that. And a a lot of this, these legislations lauded by uh, pro-life organizations, whereas the other side scorned by the the pro-abortion side. But um, if I'm, if I'm hearing you correctly, even that, even those laws that were put in place seem like a, a bridge too far. Is that a fair assessment, Sarah Qualley?
9: Yeah, well, the, the pain-capable laws obviously discriminate against baby, babies that can't feel pain yet. Um, the science on the 20- 20 or 22-week threshold for pain is unsettled science. There's science that indicates it goes all the way back to 12 to 13 weeks. But regardless of that, life begins at conception. We are mm-hmm. human From our very biological beginning. And that is so important for us to remember in the pro-life movement. We need equal protection under the law, without exception, for all human beings, not for human beings who can feel pain, not for human beings who are a certain age. Um, Even heartbeat laws, and I know those are really championed, but all of the heartbeat laws that we've seen have exceptions, or there is some sort of um something written into the law that says, Well, you can do abortion in this case. And what we're really doing in heartbeat laws, if we focus on those for, you know, 10 seconds, heartbeat laws basically rely on the abortionist who's being paid to kill the child to measure the heartbeat. And that just doesn't happen. That we know from undercover videos, from um, people who have come out of of the pro-choice movement and have, have been staffed at abortion clinics, they tell us that people are looking at they're showing them different anatomical structures they're not showing them the baby they're not showing them the heartbeat all the abortionists have to say is that well we didn't measure heartbeat they write that down they're not in violation of the law so there's a lot of trouble that comes with those and i will say too that that all of these laws are always struck down right we know that we know that they're they're always challenged they always go forward they're always struck down so i say If we know that that's the pattern, right, and we're trying to get them struck down so we can appeal them, so we can go up to the Supreme Court, why aren't we pushing with everything we have personhood? Because that's going to get struck down, too. So let's, let's educate through our legislative strategies. What better way to educate people about the truth, the biological science of human life, than to say that this is a person, this is a human being. From the earliest biological beginning, and nothing changes that. We don't turn into something else. We don't become human. We develop. We develop along a continuum, and science tells us this. We know this, and let's let our laws and our strategies reflect what we say we believe.
5: Well, myself being a, a very, I consider myself a very staunchly pro-life person, and I and I believe that this is in an, an effort like this is worth. Uh, the eternal vigilance, uh, regardless of the uh, the disingenuousness from the other side. I, I mean, I mean, you've obviously heard these arguments more than I have, Sarah. That uh, it's uh, you know, a fetus has more right than a, than a than a woman, or you know, in, in the right. Alabama law in particular, they put up the pictures of all of these white male senators that voted for this. Uh, heartbeat bill, ignoring that it was a, a female senator that was the main author of it, and it was a female governor that signed it into a law. So uh, while I while I advocate and applaud everybody being eternally vigilant, uh, it's just the education, that's going to be a long slog to be sure because it doesn't seem like the other side wants to have the honest conversation or is even genuine in having the discussion about what this entails, Sarah Qually.
9: It's true, and I don't know that that the other side needs to be our educational target. I think we have enough trouble in our own movement, people who are pushing things forward that don't need Mm -hmm. to be pushed forward because, again, they're a distraction. In a lot of cases, they're a threat to our mission. We see just in the last Mm. few years, um, there's a newer state-level strategy where abortion advocates are actually using blue courts to solidify abortion in red states. So they're already preparing if Roe should ever fall, right? So they're taking these yeah. restrictions and these regulations that pro-lifers have spent years and years passing, and they're serving them up to active, active act, sorry, activist state Supreme Courts, and those courts are finding them unconstitutional, and then they're declaring a right to abortion in the state constitution. So this is happening in, you know, Bible Belt America right now, and we have right. states like um, Wisconsin, states like Iowa, who are now trying to scrambling to get some sort of resolution in their constitution that says that abortion is not a right because they see this coming. And so these things that we're doing that we're, you know, we keep chasing our tail about for the last 50 years are harming us. You know, we can't regulate and restrict abortion out of existence. We can't. There's only so much we're going to be able to do you know, re- regulation can certainly save lives, right? We, we know that clinics sure. get shut down in some cases. We know that. But if that's all we ever do, then that's all we're ever going to get. And if we're going to pursue that, if, if we feel so strongly that we have to keep regulating, then let's pursue personhood alongside of that as our, as our high, lofty, ultimate goal. Because it is. It is. It's equal protection under the law.
5: Absolutely. Like I said, very much worth the eternal vigilance, in, in my opinion, uh, to be sure. Once again, we're joined by uh, the President of Education with Personhood, uh, Sarah Qualley. Again, check out their fine work at uh, personhood.org. Sarah, so much appreciate uh, your insights on this and uh, uh, applaud you. you for what you and your organization are doing. And uh, like I say, I um, it, it can be a frustrating uphill battle at times, to be sure, but uh, uh, definitely worth the effort going forward. Appreciate your time today, and uh, hopefully we can call you any Again, in the future, because uh, I have a feeling that uh, there will be uh, cases similar to this uh, coming yes. coming down the pike. So we appreciate <laughs> the time, as always. Thank you. Thank you. Once again, AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. One final segment coming up this hour on the broadcast, 651-289-4488 is the number to call if you'd like to weigh in on any topics we've discussed. Continuing to celebrate Huey Lewis's 70th birthday, all bumper tunes from Huey Lewis right here on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Going Going nowhere.
4: Runners, to your mark.
0: Set.
6: Some may see a sprinter. At the NFHS, we see a future leader already off to the races. Some may see a volleyball player. One hit. Way to go, girls. At the NFHS, we see a spike in confidence that will help her achieve her potential. What else do we see? Musicians learning to march to their own beat. We're the NFHS, the national leader and advocate for high school athletics and activities in America, helping today's teenagers develop the skills they need to become tomorrow's leaders. And we see it happening in communities across Minnesota every single day. Learn more about the NFHS commitment to youth at NFHS.org. This message presented by the NFHS, the National Federation of State High School Associations.
0: With the vast majority of media today leaning hard left, it can be tricky to find news that actually shares, let alone defends a conservative viewpoint. Hotair.com provides analysis and commentary from conservative writers like Ed Morrissey. Hotair.com Woo!
5: Yeah, yeah. Welcome back, Amplified the Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning in. 651 289 4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Hashtag Narn Show for any comments or questions. As always, we appreciate you tuning in. Yeah, it's all Huey Lewis all the time on today's show. Celebrating the man's 70th birthday. Yeah, I'm a Huey Lewis super fan. I kind of talked a little bit about the opening segment. Yeah, I follow I follow Huey on all social media platforms and I found his kids and his ex-wife on Instagram. Is that creepy that I follow them? Maybe. Sorry. As long
3: as your intentions are pure. I don't, I, I, I don't really engage with
5: him a whole lot unless, um, I, his, well, occasionally his daughter will post pictures of Huey, you know, when they're out. And so I'll like those and, you know, I'll say, Hey, love Huey. And, you know, um, uh, uh, she always, and she, Huey has a granddaughter and, uh, you know, post pictures of Huey Ho and his granddaughter. You like to see, you know, guys you're, you who you idolize just living regular life. And Huey's a regular guy, likes to go fishing and hang out at uh, at clubs and, you know, be with his family. So, you know, good on him, and, I, and I'm and i hoping he gets back to 100% health here soon because uh, just hearing Huey's music always wants me to get back out, it makes me want to get back out to a concert. But um, I only got a few minutes here. One of the original sponsors of the Northern Alliance Radio Network, Uh, Keegan's Irish Pub closed uh, its doors uh, this past week. It was Tuesday. They uh, shut down due to uh, complications from obviously unable to survive during the COVID pandemic where they had to cease operations. Uh, They had a good run, 18 years. They uh, started in 2002. Terry Keegan was a retired uh, or was a, a Vietnam vet. He and his wife, Virginia, started Keegan's Irish Pub. They ran it for 12 years, very successful pub. Uh, a lot of us guys of the Northern Alliance and fellow conservative bloggers went to Trivia Night quite a bit in the early days and we had a lot of blogger parties there and hosted uh some you know Northern Alliance radio network parties there and sometimes just on a whim, you know myself or Mitch Berg or David Strom or a few of our other listeners, we just text each other, "Hey, anybody up for keegan 's Trivia Night this Thursday and it was a place to be and we loved it and but it's in the city of Minneapolis and the city of Minneapolis likes to impose things like uh $15 minimum wage and mandatory sick leave and all this kind of stuff. And a small business like Keegan's just gets swallowed up with all those expenses. And then add on top of it, the COVID-19 pandemic and they called it uh Keegan's uh, didn't die specifically of COVID-19, but it was a comorbidity morbidity uh, <laughs> given all of the insufferable regulations. But I could literally take a whole hour talking about Keegan's, and what it has meant to us here at the Northern Alliance Radio Network. But I only have a few minutes. Um, but I just, the devastation I feel uh, in losing my favorite Irish pub, and by the way, it was constructed in Ireland, and it was taken apart and shipped to Minneapolis and then rebuilt. So it's an, it's literally an original Irish pub. Just so cool, the, the concept of it. And as much as I'm going to miss hanging out with my friends at this particular venue, I'm devastated, on behalf of, um, I'm devastated on behalf of Marty Newman, who bought the place from Terry Keegan back in 2014, and the employees that were mainstays there. I've been going to Keegan's, literally my wife and I have been going there for 15 and a half years. We, started, we first went there in early 2005 and we saw a lot of the same wait staff and cooks from when we first started going there until the very end. In fact, there was one young lady. I won't I won't name her name because she had, didn't give me permission to talk about her on the radio, but I first started seeing her like in 2006, 2007, and she was there every time my wife and I or other friends and I went to visit. And she was there Tuesday night, very last night of Keegan's So that tells you it was more than just a corner pub to these employees. There was something about it that made people want to stay there a long time. And, yeah, being a waiter or waitress, you're not going to make a ton of money. But the fact that you could have something like that atmosphere made it worth whatever, you know, to stay there, whether it was just a side hustle, you know, to supplement a full-time job, or, you know, if they were going through college or grad school and still living at home, they still had that job to, to go to. So I'm gonna miss Keegan's a lot. They were our they were an original sponsor, like I say, of the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Um there was a handful of uh, of sponsors that were here on day one, and I know Keegan's was one of them. And they haven't been for for a while, but uh nevertheless, it was always a mainstay. It was always a fun hangout to go to whenever we had the opportunity. And myself and uh Mitch Berg and uh friend of the show uh John Stewart, no not that one, uh, <laughs> and a few other folks that uh, we've known for a long, long time and have hung out with quite a bit whenever we went to Keegan's. We were there and um, said goodbye to uh, what has been an old friend. It's going to be missed, going to be missed a lot, but um, that's life in the midst of uh, government overreach and a global pandemic just was too much for Keegan's to handle. But uh, God bless Marty Newman and the rest of the staff who are moving on to other endeavors in life. We definitely wish you the best. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two coming back in mere moments right here. AM 1280, to The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go nowhere.
7: This message is for anyone looking for $500,000 to $1 million or more of affordable term life insurance, even if you have diabetes, high blood pressure, or taking anxiety meds. Here's an example. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe overweight with type 2 diabetes, $1 million of term life insurance may only cost about $200 a month. We're Term Provider, experts in finding affordable term life insurance for those that may not be in perfect health. If you've had prostate cancer, heart conditions, high cholesterol, or on prescription medications, you may still qualify for half a million to a million dollars or more of affordable term life insurance. Get a quick quote by calling Term Provider at 800-555-2085. 800 2085 If you're looking for term life insurance but have type 2 diabetes, high blood pressure, or have other health issues, call Term Provider at 800-555-2085 or visit termprovider.com. TermProvider.com
1: The people in this movie share three things in common. They're courageous. They've had a life-changing experience. And they're black American conservatives. These are the voices of the movie. Uncle Tom.
0: I don't
8: remember the actual day, but I remember the emotion that I felt when it, when it happened. I'm often asked, was there an epiphany? I started asking questions. As I became more politically aware. A lot of the way that I saw things began to change.
0: All of this information I've been taking in for several years. A continuation of these kind of contradictions.
6: I had bought into all of these lies. You begin to see what the real agenda is.
1: This is the movie the leftist Democrats do not want you to see. These are the people they do not want you to hear. Their stories will shock you. Their journey will amaze you. Their courage will challenge you. Go to UncleTom.com. Buy it now on pay-per-view. UncleTom.com. Do you have the courage to discover the truth?
0: Life across America the Billboard AM twelve eighty the